HBs. You're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two romance lovers and best friends recap and review a new romance novel each week. Today, to celebrate the West New Year, we're covering Ice Capade by Josh Lanyon. It's our first gay novel, and to say we loved it would be a bit of an understatement. Have you ever wanted a happy ending between a sexy criminal and the passionate law enforcement officer hunting him? Did you want that story to involve a baby llama rescue mission? This book gives you everything you never knew you wanted, plus the mental images of what could happen between two strong men in a luxury sunken bathtub. Get ready for some squeeze! Okay, hi, Erin. Hey, Mal. I don't know why I giggle every time I say hi to you once the podcast because has started. Because it feels staged, because we've already said hello and done a soundtrack, so it's like, good morning, Melody. Like, it just feels right. like a script or something. That's hello. why it's funny. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right, so um, how the hell are you? I'm doing, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm super great. Good. I'm yeah. glad to hear it. You look great. Like, I would like to record the podcast oh. sometime in an afternoon instead of, like, literally I always just roll out of bed into this room and turn on the FaceTime, and I feel like I'm this haggard hag every time you're, like, a beautiful, fresh face of um, just... May I just say <laughs> that, first of all, I started, like, what before we started recording, I said, how are you, gorgeous? Because you look gorgeous. Thank I you. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Um, But second of all, this is how I looked this morning. Um, This is how I look now. Uh, I just have my hair up in a messy bun because I just took a bath. That's... Um, This is like when the magazine is like, hey, Taylor Swift, what are your workout tips? And she's just like, I just walk my dog and eat pizza. Like, I don't know. That's That's what you're doing right now. And our fans know. And also, congratulations on the bath. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, man. Um, Yeah, it was a good it was a good choice because I needed to read the novella that we're reading that we're talking about today. And so I was like, what is the best place that I can just hone in and focus and live my best life? And that was a bath with a bath bomb and my special bath cushion and my hair in an actual messy bun. Thank you very fucking much. It looks done. It looks like it's styled. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, okay, I might also look like I have makeup on because I wasn't great at taking off my makeup last ah. night. <laughs> um, we went to my friend throws. It was the 12th annual charity Christmas party. And he's amazing. First of all, he's been doing it since he was like a child because he his birthday is December 26th and he doesn't like birthday parties. And so their family would throw a party and invite like everyone and ask them to bring an unwrapped toy. And then they would donate all of those toys to the Salvation Army because his maternal grandfather like in the 30s in like D.C. right after his father died when the his grandmother had her great grandmother had two boys and she was eight months pregnant when her husband died and this was of course before any kind of societal cushion or parachute or welfare or anything and so 
on Thanksgiving, he 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 reads the email from his grandfather every year at the party, and I always just cry. I just cry. I just cry openly, no matter if I'm drunk or sober. Last night I was sober because I was driving, <laughs> and oh, it's just fucking gorgeous. And anyway, so I went to this party, and um, it was awesome because it's like a chance to see all of our friends. But we also, since Michael owns the comic shop, he brings a bunch of toys at cost. Like if people send him $20, they usually get like $35 worth of toys that he brings. So we walk in with like these giant boxes of toys and comics and, you know, all this stuff. And it was, it just always makes me feel really good. So not only do I have leftover makeup on, but I'm riding the high of like, like feeling, feeling awesome about the world. Christmas cheer? Christmas fucking cheer, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> man, my weekend yeah. is like much more selfish than yours. I feel bad, but not really. Um, I mean, mostly my night was eating Indian food and oh, like crazy. watching my friends drink. So like it, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, you know, filling baskets of food or anything. <laughs> well, I, went I out should to- do that, though. I went out to another cabin which with a bunch of girls and just played board games and sat around a fire for two days. And it was just wonderful. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. We all brought food to like to cook and potluck. And it was it was an outstanding weekend. A lot of board games. Oh, a Good girl stuff. getaway mm-hmm. with board mm-hmm. games. Did you ice skate, Erin? Because I'll cut you. <laughs> I did not ice skate. Good. You took care of your back? I did you demand a bed, Aaron? I well yes. Did you demand a bed, Aaron? I, I did. Good. That's correct. I mean like I didn't work. I didn't demand a bed. However, I have some really great girlfriends who were like, You have to sleep in the bed. And I was like, No, you guys Okay. Wait, this is what happened. I, there's a bed downstairs oh, in this cabin and there's no nothing upstairs. And I was like, they were like, you have to sleep in the bedroom downstairs because of your back. And I was like, no, guys, I have FOMO. Like, I want to sleep in the loft with everybody else. Like, that's the whole point of, like, girls trip. And so um, they got it together to get, like, some mattresses upstairs so we could all be together and, uh, like, a sleepover. It was very nice. Oh, Pulled out a little trundle bed for me. Mm -hmm. You have such good girlfriends up there. They're outstanding good stuff oh, i'm so glad you're being taken care of in my absence <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll meet them when you come visit oh yeah when i come to alaska uh-huh. the place that sounds like all of my wildest dreams come true <laughs> yep. actually alaska in the summertime does sound wonderful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and that's two anyway. weeks in the middle of july so correct coordinate accordingly Correct. All right. Have we been talking for, what, half hour, 45 minutes? Let's go. But, uh, yeah, it's been about six minutes. So, okay. Icecapade. One word. Yeah, Icecapade. Yeah. I don't super know why. <laughs> I don't either. I don't even know why it's called Icecapade. Oh, good. Diamonds? I'm glad I didn't miss it. No. Huh? Diamonds. Okay, good. Diamonds. You know, like ice diamonds? I don't know. Oh, yeah, that could be a thing. Yeah, like... Is capade supposed to be like a caper? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm really glad that I didn't just like be very obtuse throughout the whole thing. Um, I don't understand the title, but I I really enjoyed the novella. 
Really? Me too. I thought you? you would like it. Um, we read Ice Capade. The author is Josh Lanyon. L- Lanyon. Who? Mm-hmm. By the way. Oh. Did you Google Josh Lanyon at all? No. He well, I know that he writes mystery and gay romance. Right. So when I got to the end, I was like, I would like to s- know more about Josh Lanyon. I would like to see what he looks like and all that. Um, Josh Lanyon is a woman with a male oh! pen name. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No. Does that ruin it for you? Kind of. And then I read about there was like a Q&A on her website and one was like, mm-hmm. why do you write with a male pen name? And interestingly, she said that when she started writing gay romance and gay, even her thrillers and mysteries have gay men in them. Uh, when she started writing gay fiction in the 90s, no one would publish her because publishing houses, A, were just starting to write to, to publish gay books for for gay men, and they mm-hmm, thought mm-hmm. that gay men would not read books by a female author. And so she got 27 rejections for her first book, and then she changed her pen name and was immediately picked up by a publishing house. Oh, my uh-huh. goodness. Yeah. Man, I, I just imagined her as this hunk of slab of dreamboat. I did, too. As I was reading this. <laughs> she, I mean, she's good. Honestly, I thought he might be like an I old think. man. Like, I was kind of hoping for like an old British gentleman or something like that. <laughs> she's yeah, British, yeah, with, I like, think. But anyway. Like elbow patches. Yeah, that's kind of what I was hoping for, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Well, one of the characters in this book has a corncob pipe, which I, I was like, come on, on the <laughs> nose on. much, Josh yeah. Lanyon. <laughs> Not one of the main characters, thankfully. No. So let's get to that. All right. All right. Um, so we have um, Noel, Noel Snow, <laughs> no. which I thought was hilarious. The thing is, like, I picked this book because the names are hilarious and the plot seemed hilarious. I thought this would be like a fun little snark fest we could do. And then it turned I out to be I thought so, good. too. Yeah. And now I don't have much to snark about. Yeah. And I'm kind of upset about it. Me, too. Um. Yeah, I know. It's like it's like her Halloween fucking treat all yeah. over again. So we've got Noel Snow and Special Agent Robert <laughs> Cuff. Cuff. Cuff? No, Cuff? it's got to be Cuff. It's definitely Cuff. It's got to be Cuff, right? Yeah, like, like you put cuffs on a person right. because that's hilarious. Uh-huh. And we start in the prologue the morning after a very, very sexy New Year's Eve together. They rang in the New Year in style, and apparently. And it's 2000. It's New Year's 2000. That's right. <laughs> so the world may have ended. Uh-huh. And they were like, well, we best fuck it out. Yep. Because I don't really... Okay, here's what I... I hope you can... I hope you understood this more than I did so that you can explain it to me. <clears throat> Here we go. All right. So Noel is a cat burglar, which I don't know why. I fucking love a cat burglar. <laughs> is that is that a thing to even love? I don't know. Yeah, like there was this, I can't remember the name of the movie, but there was this old timey movie about this cat burglar and like the detective was trying to figure out who it was and then it turned out that it was the sexy lady the whole time and I was like Ooh, cat burglars <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know there's something about the agility factor and like the not hurting anyone factor and the only stealing from the rich factor and I'm like get it you you cougar Robin Hood like <laughs> 
do it. Let's let's do it more. Um, was this movie that you're talking about? Was it the Batman with Anne Hathaway? Because I no, <laughs> no, I, like I said old movie. Okay, I'll sorry. I'll try to figure it out. It's like it's like a, a TCM movie. Oh, okay. I watched a lot of TCM in high school. Mm-hmm. So you seem like um, the type. Don't I though? <laughs> In my my turtleneck and my messy bun. I'm just glad um, you aren't wearing a full winter coat this week because I I'm was starting not. to get very concerned about you. You know what? I'm honestly wondering. So first of all, I started eating almonds every time I took vitamin D per your instructions. I think that has helped. Um, I'm currently wearing the down boots you got me. Sorry for burying the lead. Thank you so much for my wonderful Christmas present. You're welcome. She got me down um, like slipper boots that I can wear all over my house and it's the best. Um, and I'm actually wondering, Erin, if I am being warmed purely by Christmas cheer. <laughs> like that could be a thing. <laughs> all right. We got to get back to this. We lost sorry. like 10 listeners. Um, we did. Sorry. Which is well, everybody. Sorry, listener. sorry guys. <clears throat> I <All> do right. <laughs> want to know. Uh, I do need you to know, though, that your Christmas present I mean, knowing me, Melody, it's going to be a little bit more DIY and it's probably going to come after the new year because that's who I am. No, (laughs) I know that for sure. I think one time I got a a birthday present on Christmas and you were like, this one's for your birthday. Christmas will come. Yep. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really, that's who my whole family is. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care. I I don't care if you get me a present. I just knew you were in a struggle and you, you needed some help. And so I just sent you a little bit of help to keep warm. This this was not, you know, that. it's not like it's a Christmas pre- It's just a friend thing. So don't worry oh, about it. I love you. Okay. Love you. Okay. So, okay. Here's what I don't understand. Noel, cat Noel. burglar. Um, cat burglar extraordinaire, I might say. And then special agent Robert Cuff, <laughs> which I really can't say without giggling. Does Robert at this point know that... Noel is the cat burglar, but he can't prove it. Yes. In the prologue? Okay. So then Noel seduces Robert yes. because they've been playing reindeer games together for like a lot of years. Yes. But also Robert seduces Noel because they've been playing reindeer games. Both of them think that they are conning each other into oh, sex. Yes. This evening. So they have a wild night of sex and it's great. And okay. You want to know one thing that squeaked me out hmm. in this scene? All right. So Noel wakes up and one of my favorite lines is like, you know, he he ached a little bit from a body well used. I loved that line too. The writing in this was really good. Surprisingly really good. I mean, a fair number of typos because it's self-published and what can you do? But the writing was really great. I mean, what can you do? You send it to three friends and they read it. Um, She probably did. Editing's hard. Sure. Okay. So... They each, okay, so they wake up and um, I was really weirded out by the hand possessively on his crotch in his sleep. So wait, I let, me, let me make this state. Wait, let me make this clear. Robert's hand, mm-hmm. Special Agent Robert Cuff's hand is possessively over Noel's uh, bait and tackle <laughs> while they're both sleeping and Noel wakes up and he's like, mm, I like that. But here's here's my issue, if you will. First of all, 
I feel like I would wake up and that would be real weird if anybody was just cupping my vulva. I, I don't think I could do it. But then also, do does nobody else like twitch when they sleep? <laughs> Wait, like hand because, twitches? Um, your whole body, my whole body twitches sometimes. And that includes my hands. Well, especially and if so, Robert Cuff was drugged. So he probably was. He drugged? Yes. He got roofied? I think he got roofied post sex. Interessante. <laughs> because he said some they were both drunk. But then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Noel has this line where he says he like he he had his way of making sure like Robert stays asleep, sort of thing. Didn't wake up. Yeah. I do recall that. Yeah. Okay. I just think that one one stray twitch and <laughs> all of it could be gone wrong like like permanent damage Fair. maybe <laughs> okay so that squeaked me out a little bit but then but the, then the body well used line made it a lot better and then noel le- <laughs> then noel my sneezes it's hilarious Noel leaves the hotel room um, and he goes and gets the diamond ring that um, he's hidden in a trash can somewhere mm-hmm. um, and goes and and hails a cab. And it feels like he's the only person on earth in New York City this New Year's morning at 530. Mm-hmm. And he's off to Amsterdam, never to be seen again. I loved it. I loved the intrigue. I also liked when Noel said that the most adorable thing about the evening was when Special Agent Robert Cuff believed Noel to be sleeping and went through all of Noel's things and he was awake. Yeah. He was like, oh my God, this is so adorable because he thinks the diamond ring is in my stuff and it's not. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> I thought that was That's real really great. Cute. Noel, I was one step ahead. So then we fast forward into chapter one, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Noel is now an author and he has published a series of very well-received mystery books about a cat burglar and the special agent who is following him, except that he accidentally apparently made the special agent like a bumbling idiot Mm -hmm. and everyone likes that. So he had to keep it going, but I don't know. It was like a long distance misguided attempt at flirtation mm-hmm. <laughs> with with Robert Cuff. And it actually just made him look like an idiot at the bureau, uh-huh. which is regrettable for everyone involved. And they transferred poor Robert Cuff to Wisconsin. I mean, that's where <laughs> I would transfer of the all of my greatest enemies. Like, can you imagine? Like, of course, the criminal that you've been chasing for, you know two years, three years, whatever, is not going to paint you like a knight in shining armor in his novels. Can you imagine the FBI being like, listen, sitting him down and being like, hey, Cuff, (laughs) the diamond thief that you've been after for three years wrote a book and you don't look good in it. Um, We're going to transfer you to Wisconsin. (laughs) Like, it makes no (laughs) sense. (laughs) He gave him a good name. He named him Nash Blue. (laughs) What a great name. Really, I thought it was Richard Cross. Oh, you know what? Nash Blue Nash was Blue. the diamond thief. See, yeah, he gave bro. A shitty name, Richard Cross. That's yeah, not that great. I mean, but it was obviously them. Yeah. So, All right, so he's written the last book in the Nash Blue series. It's coming out this week. It's Christmas. It's one day before which, Christmas. It's one day before Christmas. No, it's two days before Christmas. Yeah. And um, he's written the last book in which the main character has. To, like basically come out with the fact that he is in love 
with the special agent that has been following him. Yes. And the special agent is gay, which I think has not. Has it come out that either of them are gay in the books or just? I thought that it was just that like the Nash blue character came out as officially gay because apparently in the series he was sleeping with men and women like just to suit his cat burglary Mm -hmm. and he came out officially as gay and I think that just created the implication that the FBI agent was gay not that he like there was no confirmation but one of his friends astutely pointed out that you know Noel thought it was going to be like a, an apology sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. a, I really did think you were um, a worthy adversary and I, I thought very well of you the whole time. But one of his friends pointed out, like, if he's not out at the bureau, <laughs> like, you might have just put him in extra hot water again. They might transfer him to somewhere even worse. Siberia. Alaska. No, Wisconsin is America's Siberia. Alaska. <laughs> Wisconsin is not America's Siberia. Isn't it? I don't know. People oh, tunnel look, there's underground Siberia there. Right there. It's right across the <laughs> way. Anyway. You know what? Anywhere that people have to tunnel underground like rodents in the wintertime, <laughs> I personally think is Siberia. So. Wait, what? Sorry. This happens in Wisconsin? I don't understand. Yeah, they connect buildings underground because it's so fucking cold oh, in the winter. We do. Okay. do you do that no we do not do that in alaska no because you're frontier people yeah we just walk you're just like grin and bear it rooster yeah i'll put some booties on you maybe but you better pee outside i got her booties and she didn't (laughs) like them so we'll just no dog likes booties we'll just continue throwing her into the snow ah i love it um okay okay so so he realizes that he's being followed on his way home and it took him way too long because he's been out of the game for a, uh, right. for eight years. So he was in New York City promoting his book. Right. And he's got to drive home to upstate New York where he has a huge 200-acre farm with horses. He raises horses and he writes books now and he doesn't steal any diamonds and he's an old, uh, you know. And he doesn't even fudge his taxes. Right, yeah. As he tell- says later. <laughs> and actually, now that I think about it, upstate New York might be another swath of America, Siberia. Yeah. It was. I mean, they talk about going through, like, thigh-high snow sometimes up there. So. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so he's on his way home, and he noticed somebody following him. So he's doing, like, 130 on these country roads, trying to get home, trying to lose the tail. And he finally loses whoever it is and just mm-hmm. feels a little weird when he gets home and checks on his horses and stuff. But um, He feels like someone's watching him. He feels like someone's eyes are boring into his soul. <laughs> but then he goes to his house and goes to bed. Yeah. And he's fine. <laughs> And I love this, like, this wake-up scene where he, he, like, wakes himself up. It's like a beautiful holiday Christmas scene outside. He's on his horse ranch or whatever. He makes himself some eggs, makes himself some coffee. Wait, wait, wait. What? No, we need to we need to point this out. What? He has become a legit farmer rancher because he went and took care of the horses before his coffee or his breakfast. That's true. And that is sorry. how you do it. Okay, I'm sorry. The animals always eat before you I do. That's a, why I will a never a be a farmer again. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> you can't do that. Man, Rooster never eats before me, but usually, like, she doesn't like to. No, but she gets in. She's inside. Yeah, that's You true. know she always has water. That's fair. Like, that's not how outside animals are. Yeah. But also, she sleeps later than me every day. If I have to get up at five mm-hmm. and go to work, I have to pull her, literally pull her out of the bed. <laughs> And, like, make her go outside. She's such a diva. She is. Okay, so 
he, he makes a little breakfast. He puts some biscuits in. Like, I just love that he makes himself homemade biscuits and gravy for breakfast. Like, oh, yeah. It's so just to tell you, when I am by myself, yeah. I am a forager. Yeah. I don't, it's just I like don't cook whatever. a damn thing. No, yeah. So he's making himself some biscuits and then a doorbell. And then he Ooh. opens the door. And for the first well, he time. Sees, he sees him through oh, yeah. the dusted yeah. pane of glass and he sees the the hard mus- muscular shoulders and he his heart starts beating a little bit pitter faster pat, pitter pat pitter fucking pat and he opens the door to see the confirmation that special agent robert cuff so he hasn't has seen robert cuff since the night that they had sex and duped each other since he saw him naked yeah yeah, and but every year on New Year's Eve, Noel <laughs> calls him drunk and leaves him a drunk voicemail about like, "Hey Robert, I'm sorry about how it ended, and not stealing no diamonds anymore, and I love you." Well, he doesn't say anything incriminating. He makes <laughs> sure not true. to do that. Yeah, but he's but just he like, calls you know. him every single year drunk, and Robert never answers the phone. Never answered. Never returned the call. So he hasn't heard from him in ten years, and here he is. On his doorstep. Here he is, ready to question him about a string of cat burglaries Mm -hmm. in New York City. And Noel is, like, a little bit on edge, but he just automatically, like, lets him in. Mm -hmm. And Robert starts looking around and asking him all these pointed questions about blah 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 and Noel's like it's a copycat also do you want breakfast (laughs) and Robert's like well I wouldn't say no to some coffee (laughs) but like Noel kind of gets like he can't really be here unofficial FBI business because he's driven clearly a personal vehicle like he's checked the Mm -hmm. plates on the vehicle it's not a g-ride personal stuff does not have a sidearm like while he is probably here to question him about the burglaries. He's not officially here to question him about the burglaries. So he feels pretty right. comfortable being like, you want some eggs? Because clearly he's not going to arrest him today. Not to mention that the he says a couple of times that the statute of limitations right. has run out on all of his crimes. Yes. And let's review, he never hurt anyone or murdered anyone. So the statute of limitations was relatively short. Yeah, probably three years or um, five years. Yeah, probably something like that. Um, so, well, or maybe it was eight years because that's exactly when Robert showed up. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was ten, but I, I don't know. Judging from how usually these are, I would say three or five, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it you was like what? an interstate. Get your legalese out of here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> maybe because it was an international whatever shmeshma. Okay, so, mm-hmm. uh... Noel kind of, like, casually asks him uh, if he's, like, read the books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, Robert Robert narrowed his eyes, his dark eyes. He says, let's just say I'm aware of your work. Oh. Work. Uh-oh, in fact. He, said, and he says, actually, I'd like to explain about that. I know I took some literary license with you. Cuff interrupted, I'm not that interested. Consider yourself lucky I'm not a literary critic. You'd already be on your way to jail. <laughs> It's like that stunt. Oh, I thought that was very um. Ah. Okay, so they have a little conversation over breakfast. Robert does not want any breakfast, and then Mister Corncob Pipe shows up, knocks at the door. Yeah, burly man in a red and black check jacket, hunting cap, and a corncob pipe. Oh boy, carrying a Christmas tree. 
Ayo. Hey. <laughs> so they get the Christmas tree all set up. And of course, in Noel's beautiful, like, finely decorated house, just... they're like bumping into Ming vases and, yeah. you know, being all ridiculous. And um, can I just say, the gayest thing about this book was not mm. the anal sex. The gayest thing about no. this book was the descriptions of this house. He's like, yes. where, where is this? Yeah, no, I might be, I might be bisexual, but I am not gay enough to have a house that beautiful. I, I was just like, what is going on? Why is it? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, here okay. it is. Also, Noel's- it's a six thousand square foot house uh-huh. on two hundred acres. acres. But but six, wrap your head around a six thousand square foot house for one person. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, a hundred year old six thousand square foot house. I just don't. So these two guys, both named Artie, are uh, bumping around trying to set up the Christmas tree. He says, I can take it from here. Noel's hand shot out as little Artie, bundled like an armadillo, brushed against a vintage Royal Ducks Art Deco Harlequin figurine lamp and sent it rocking. I'm like, I have no fucking clue what that is, but that sounds like the gayest thing. (laughs) I don't know what it is. It's so cute. Adorable. Anyway, Mm -hmm. okay. So then uh, they're setting up the Christmas tree and then Noel says, how about you um, stay and spend Christmas with me? Yeah, which was adorable, yet came out of nowhere. Yeah, but it, but throughout his inter- internal monologue, he's like, "I don't think he can be here in an official capacity. So, why don't I just take a shot here? Yeah, I've obviously been thinking about him for the past decade. Yeah, spend Christmas with me. I'm going to spend it alone anyway. Oh wait, what are you doing? Uh huh. And then he finds out that Robert's parents died the year before in a plane crash, mm-hmm. and he was an only child. And uh, I was so sad. Yeah. And Noel tries to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, Special Agent Cuff. I, you know, I didn't know. And that that's so sorry. And he was like, what? Because you wanted to use it in your book? And that was really like, Aw. oh, yeah. He was like, that's sad. Yeah. He was like, if you had known, you could have used that little tidbit. Oh, and this is where I really like this line. But that's where he, yeah, he, oh, go ahead. So Noel puts his hand on Robert's arm, you know, kind of lovingly. And Robert stared down at his hand. His gaze lifted and eyes met Noel's. So dark, they almost looked black. Black and, for one startling instant, soft as the fur of something quite dangerous. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Soft as the fur of something quite dangerous. Anyway. Um, okay. So now we're going to go get some Christmas decorations out of the barn. Robert does not commit to spending Christmas with him. No. Um, but... Noel's like but he doesn't leave either. No, and Noel's like I have to go get all of my Christmas ornaments out of the barn. You can stay. You can go. You know whatever you want to do. And Robert's very and Robert's like, like you're not leaving oh, my sight. I'll go with you because otherwise you might run away. Yeah. Okay, Robert. Yeah. Through two hundred acres of sure. Well, you know what, Aaron? He's not letting him get away this time. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the barn, and um, he, Noel has put the Christmas decorations up in a loft. Mm-hmm. So he gets the ladder out and he's like, I can do this. I can do this. And he goes, he gets up three rungs of the ladder and then his vertigo hits him straight in the face and he can't handle his shit. He tries one more. Things start going crazy sideways. He feels like the ladder is cartwheeling and then he goes down and Robert catches him in his strong, muscular arms. Uh-huh. And it felt, here we go, it felt good to stand in the circle of Robert's arms. It felt good to rest fleetingly against human support, 
Noel lifted his eyelashes. There it was again, that indefinable motion in Robert's eyes, a flare of response in the dark gaze a few inches from his own. Robert's breath was warm on his face, his mouth close enough to kiss. If Robert would only... And there it was in Robert's face. He wanted to. He was considering it. Noel waited, barely breathing, watching Robert's conflicted face from beneath his eyelashes. He didn't want to seduce Robert again. This time, Robert had to make the move. And then they're like that for a little bit, and then somebody fucking walks into the barn, and it's like, why? <sighs> because it wasn't time yet, Because somebody's tension needed to build. horse's foot was bruised? I don't understand. But anyway, what's important here is... Mm. Not just that they nearly smooched, but also that mm. Noel used to climb up the side of buildings. Like, that's the kind of cat burglar he was, was like he would scale walls. And the hot do this, kind. The, yeah, the hot kind. The agile, climby type. <laughs> yeah. This whole book is from Noel's perspective, and I could have used some descriptions of how hot Noel was, because I'm sure he is. But since it's from his perspective. No, I did that all off my own. I Yeah, me too. But I just did it I would all like on my own. I was fine. Me. Anyway. So this is very weird that he can't get up three long rungs on a ladder. And we don't really know what happened. He kind of references a fall, but we don't mm-hmm. know what's going on with him. So Robert's like, what don't you want me to see up there? Because he is a G-man through and through. And he decides that he's going to go up and, and get it. Mm-hmm. And of course, what's up there is three boxes of Christmas decorations. So Robert just ends up getting it for Noel. Yeah. And they go back into the, inside the house, um, and then somebody else comes to the door. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a parade of, of people. Nosy neighbors. <laughs> yeah, and this neighbor has a is a llama farmer. Is the llama uh-huh. farm next door, and a kriya, which is a tiny baby llama, has fallen. <laughs> did you love that? I loved the story. Um, of course I did. Well, it reminded me of my baby llama. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, so is we this, had llamas. L- let's make a segment here. The segment is called Aaron Learns Things Find about Find out Melody. more about Melody's past. <laughs> All right. So yeah, you so, okay, sang so as the Grand Marshal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you... okay. So we okay. had llamas. All right. Nope. All right. So um, first two were Bob Marley and Bob Dylan. And um, they were ador- They were an adorable couple. Um, but then we started getting more and more llamas. And finally, um, I don't remember if she got pregnant while she was with us or if we like got her and then found out she was pregnant. But one of our llamas got pregnant. And um, it was so wonderful because I was there for the birth. The, the babe, um, well, the Kriya came out right by our pond. Um, except that he, it, like, there was sort of a downward slope to the pond. And so he's taking his first step straight toward this body of water. And we had to, like, run and grab him to make sure that he didn't fall straight into the pond. Um, but he was the sweetest. So I don't know if you know this about llamas. They, in order to, like, <laughs> so the answer is no. When they, when they greet you they blow in your face like when they greet each other they blow in their face and the other llama blows back Hmm. and it's sort of like i don't know it's like a sniffing butt situation so i loved this llama because since he was so enmeshed in like our family and like we had him since birth he was just all up in our business all the time and he would like come and you know like rub his whole 
his whole neck and like chest up against us and like like breathe into our face and we would have to breathe back and like he was just such a snuggle monster so it really and and he was like he was spotted he was like sort of a paint llama um he was gorgeous and he was the sweetest and i had him trained to do some really cute things and so yeah when this so when this just born llama falls into this crevasse i was like it's like my babe like he's he he almost fell into the pond except we were there to catch him nobody was there to catch this poor thing okay so back to the story <laughs> back to the story <laughs> now you know a little bit that more about me. That concludes the Aaron learns something about Melody segment of today. Um, so okay, so when, we're gonna go uh, rescue the llama. So, so this guy Noel grabs yeah. his. I just it's so fucking specific. Noel grabs his LL Bean field coat. <laughs> I was just like, come on, man. It's like, like the gayest thing. Excuse me, <laughs> let me go grab my L.L. Bean field coat. <laughs> I don't know. It's so everything he wears and his whole house is so very like specific and designer. I It just tickled me so much. I loved it. And adorable. Um, and but also yes. very um, useful. Like that's a very they make high quality shit over there. At they LL do. Bean, I think I, it wouldn't be my choice. That's not the gear that I would grab for this situation, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I understand that Noel did. Okay, so they go out to get the llama. Okay, so the the guy who's the llama owner is a little bit rotund, is what I was getting. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to be lowered into the crevasse, Portly, yeah, if you will, to get the baby llama, and which is thirty feet down. Yeah, this baby fell thirty feet. I don't know how this thing doesn't have four broken legs. It might. I, I would wonder if it had six broken legs, but only that's only because llamas don't have six legs. <laughs> like this poor thing. <laughs> you can add like feet. It should have broken all of its bones. Although so, I will say that babies are, are very flexible. So you that's know. true. <laughs> Human babies uh, are very, you can drop are them also from very great heights and they still are fine. Yeah. Um, so wait, do you know that? I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Okay, good. So, um, the llama owner cannot be lowered down. Robert's an FBI agent who has nothing to do with this. And then, so Noel says, okay, you can tie a rope around me and I'll go down there and wrap this thing up in a tarp and climb back out. And he gets like a little bit down and he starts like freaking out a little bit because of the height. Mm-hmm. And Robert, especially Agent Cuff, who loves him, is like hones in on it. Realizes what's going on, and he's like, "Do you have an inner ear problem, or what's your deal, man?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm good." And he's like, "You're not good." So he pulls him out of the crevasse and pulls him up next to him. Wait, where is it? It's <laughs> so good. Wait, I can't find it. Okay, wait. Yeah, I think I found it. I've got it. But do you want it? Do you want this one? Yeah. He stumbled over the edge as Robert rose. Noel reeled into Robert's solid chest. A hard, supportive arm fastened around him, and for a moment, he leaned there while the world went spinning. He could feel Robert's heart pounding against his own through the canvas of his field jacket and the leather of Robert's coat. After a few seconds, he became aware of Robert's lips moving almost soundlessly against his ear. If you think the earth moved just now, imagine what'll happen when I fuck you. <laughs> it was so what? good. Um, 
I got like chills is that weird? i did too but because it came out of fucking nowhere it came out of i know nowhere. and i loved that about and it, it came out of nowhere for noel too because he like immediately Noel's the next head snapped line is, up he stared in mm-hmm. wide-eyed disbelief had robert did he really just whisper that or was noel dreaming maybe noel, noel had dreaming. slipped and knocked himself out because there was absolutely nothing to read on robert's face nothing but that funny glitter in his eyes maybe noel was losing it or maybe robert really had made the most astonishing comment noel had ever heard it was great. Well, and it was the glitter that Noel had seen before mm-hmm. 10 years ago. And then <sighs> as he's lowering, so then Robert decides he's going to go get the llama. And as Noel's lowering him down, he's got the rope. Robert winks at him right before he grabs into the crevasse. And Noel's like, I nearly let go of the rope. Like he was so freaked out uh-huh. by this. Uh, it's wonderful. Okay. So they saved the baby llama. So, yeah. Baby llama is great. The Korea is wonderful, and it toddles off in Korea fashion, which is, by the way, one of the most adorable sights in the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. Like, like toddler any animal is really cute, but toddler llama is fucking so cute. I've never seen one. Like I, I imagine that they jump straight up a little, like, a lot. That's what I'm imagining in baby llama. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, all fours really. jumping? That's what I imagine. They're not antelopes. Yeah, but I want them to be. Mm, I'm going to find one jumping like that. I'm going to send it to you. Oh, I would like that. In my brain, that's how they do. Okay, so. (laughs) (laughs) I dig it. So We can live in that reality. Robert cuts his palm on a rock. Yeah, and first aid is necessary. To nurse him a little bit. So he leads him through his designer house, Mm -hmm. through his designer bedroom, Uh and then into the master bath, which has this okay can i talk about the pool the tub envy i almost said pool envy because it's basically what it is he's got this amazing like sunken whirlpool bathtub that can probably fit four and should someday like they should just get a couple of rent boys up there and have a grand old time in that pool it tub. said that um, it would fit the two of them and also two llamas so that's and a good. couple of llamas yes. robert says um, but yeah, so then Noel makes sure that he gets the first aid kit and Robert's sitting down. And so he kneels in front of him. Wait, did you already, I, we had a bad connection there for a little bit. Did you do the okay. description of the bedroom? I didn't. It's my favorite like to, thing. Please do. <clears throat> okay, please do. Robert looked around with unabashed curiosity at the large white iron bed, the box of shells on the old trunk at the foot of the bed, the ornate bird cage atop the huge mirrored green <laughs> armoire. The sage green armoire was the very first piece of furniture Noel had purchased for this house, the first piece of furniture he had ever purchased for himself. You have a l- eclectic taste, Robert commented. I particularly like the telescope pointing out your bedroom window. It's so I can see the stars, Noel said. That's what they all say. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. I like that green armoire and the and the antique birdcage. I was just like, stop mm-hmm. it, stop. I mean, the green armoire <laughs> I kind of want for my house. Like Me that too. sounds like that sounds like it would fit in all of my decor. Yes. Um. All right. So they're doing yeah, uh, some okay. first aid. They're so fucking cute. When they're doing the first yeah, aid, so he... Noel notices that Robert's got a boner. <laughs> get it Robert I don't blame you (laughs) and uh, it's super cute and so Noel's like did you mean what you said out there and Robert plays coy and he's like I don't know what uh, like what 
Oh, wait, what did he say? He was like... Uh, did you mean it? Noel asked in jerky monosyllables. Mean what? What you said on the knoll. Robert's eyebrows arched. That you have no idea of my extensive expertise? Noel stared. <laughs> Robert's expression was politely blank. And then later he's like, did you mean what you said about fucking me? <laughs> right? <laughs> and you know what? I appreciated that. Uh-huh. Because like, let's just cut to the chase here. We've been we've been playing reindeer games for the better part of I don't know I'm gonna say twelve years, mm-hmm. and now like you're in my house, and you've got this impressive hardness, as he says. Okay, so then another knock happens, and I was just like, comedy of fucking neighbor errors. What is <laughs> happening? Um, so then this um this psychic hippie lady who has a greenhouse next door and. And apparently this happens to quite a bit. Her generator goes out. And so the boys go over to fix her generator. And she's like, toward the end of the interaction, she's like, you know, oh, he wouldn't, uh, Robert wouldn't let me read his palm because I think he's shy. But you guys are going to be really happy. You should see your auras. (laughs) And I was like, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's true love wrapped in a metric fuck ton of lust. Mm -hmm. So they go back to the house right. noel's gonna make dinner he's like hey are sandwiches uh, cool with sandwiches you? okay <laughs> I just, <laughs> and robert's like well i love that robert's like well you're assuming quite a bit you think we're gonna have dinner together and Noel's like yeah it's like you're you're still here I do. yeah you, you mm-hmm. said i want to fuck you in my ear earlier like and you uh-huh. haven't left and you also haven't really asked me any <laughs> questions about these cat burglaries in new york city so yeah <laughs> i think we're gonna have dinner together Noel prepares turkey sandwiches, but when they eat them, they're roast beef. <laughs> All right. Fine by no, me. I for, no, I didn't sandwiches. even notice that. <laughs> yeah, that's I was just really excited about roast beef and tomato on sourdough. Yeah, that's um, good. So as soon as that was described, I was like, well, I'm at dinner. Yeah. I'm here. I'm there. <laughs> turkey would have been fine with me, too, though. Oh, um, plus, Robert remembered what noel drank i know he made him a seven and seven i know and this time he probably didn't roofie it which is really nice no nobody roofied anybody (laughs) it's so nice (laughs) um okay so then okay so this is super cute Mm -hmm. because they're talking and robert is like obviously well so while while he was making the sandwiches and everything, Robert is obviously struggling with like trying to reconcile the person that he sees in front of him with the person that he's been following for the last however many years and the person that he's researched. And like apparently Noel is originally from this crazy Russian crime family that's like very stereotypically like like borscht and smoked salmon and drugs and booze and hookers as soon as you're old mm-hmm. enough. Um, and he says he doesn't speak to them anymore and that he was unloved mm-hmm. by them. And I don't think they ever explicitly said it, but I, assu- and he also saves the black sheep of the family. So I assume yeah. being gay was not okay with them. That was my, assumption. I would definitely assume that. Yeah. Um, I, I have a feeling there was a lot of like corrective hooker therapy Ugh. that they tried to employ, which, Oh God. Yeah. Cause let's, let's review. That's not a thing and it doesn't fucking work. Corrective hooker <laughs> like, therapy. <laughs> Corrective any kind of therapy for sexual orientation. Get out of here. <laughs> Stop correcting people. So 
so you find out a little bit more about that and like Robert comes from this very loving accepting home and you know he's he's trying to figure all this out and so as they're at dinner he's like you know what even if you weren't the person scaling the buildings you still could have been behind these things and Noel finally just makes himself vulnerable and he crosses the room and he kneels down in front of Robert and he's like I didn't do this Mm -hmm. no more games I don't want to play games with you we've done that for too long I don't want to hurt you anymore. Like I just, I didn't do this and you've got it wrong. And Robert oh. reaches out and his thumb brushes oh. Noel's cheekbone. It's so good. And then Noel turns well, then his face against you... Robert's hand, uh-huh. closes his eyes and Robert strokes his hair. And then oh. it's on. <laughs> like we don't have to talk well, about the FBI and cat burglaries no more. We're just talking about two dudes getting it on. I mean, but it was so sweet, it was so though, sweet. because he said, okay, so he he turned his face into Robert's hand and he closed his eyes when Robert stroked his hair. There was wry humor in Robert's voice. Did anyone ever tell you you look like an angel? My mother, Noel thought, but didn't want to remember. He'd worked hard to forget. The first time I saw a photo of you, Robert said, I thought anyone who looks as innocent has to be wicked as hell. Then I thought, how can I get him to look at me like that? Noel huffed a laugh and opened his eyes. The first time I saw you, I thought, I could love that guy. And Robert made a pained sound. Jesus, Noel, there you are, out on the ledge again. You scare the hell out of me. But it was Robert who made the first move. That expert, ex- <laughs> that excerpt that you just read uh, was the uh-huh. excerpt that came with the book. That was the preview for the book. That was like, would you like to read Ice Capade? And I was like, click. Yes, and you I were would. like, yes, I would. <laughs> that was in like October. And I was like, I found a New Year's book. <laughs> yes. This one. They yeah, technically you- start on New Year's 2000. So it's a New Year's book and we will read it. Um <laughs> God, it is so gorgeous. It was, it was nice. And then they have some really gorgeous sex. I didn't really like the sex that much. You did? Didn't you? I just felt like I it was did. too short and it was just kind of like... Okay. You know what? I hear you there. For my personal taste in sex scenes in books, it was a little too hesitant. Yeah. What I really, really liked about it was the fact that it was... Fami- like they were finding each other mm-hmm. again. It was in very a way. sweet, I thought. Yeah. And... Okay, and then the sexual health educator in me was like, thank you for pointing out that you need to prepare a rectum before anal sex. Like, you shouldn't just go from zero to pound town with the anus. No you can't do that. Now, no condoms. They didn't talk about condoms. I would like to believe there was one. I see, I see. Okay. I'm just, I'm just deciding in my brain that that's what happened. Um, everyone can live in their own reality, Erin. I just went, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with the way that the sex was written or described. I just wanted it to be longer. I felt like we had this like 50 pages Same. of slow burn and then we're going to have th- 10 pages of sex and then it's going to be over. This was a very short novella of like 60 pages. So like, I, I just and wanted that's why I, more of well, it. Well, that's actually why I forgave it. Because it was so Because short. it is a novella. Yeah. yeah. Like if 50% of the book was the sex scene, it would have been a little weird, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I just liked it too much. I did get a little squeaked out by the description of Robert ejaculating. <laughs> do you remember this line? Oh, mm, I do. This, this well, wait, author wait, 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 is wait. very... Before we get there. Yes. Before we get there, I also really liked... So they're having sex and it says, Noel reached out and they linked hands 
mm-hmm. lacing, laced fingers, no like the strength that met his own, the fierce grip that held him. No chance of falling with a grip like that. <sighs> it was so good. Like, it called back to so many different things. I mean, it was just This great. writer is uh, honestly just really good. Like, very descriptive. Yeah. Very, like, vi- just very good. And it's not overkill. It's not, like, it's not too sappy. Mm-hmm. It's just very, very good writing. Which, but you're correct. The ejaculation was weird. Because, I guess <laughs> wasn't into it. That's not what I'm into, and it was very descriptive. Um, in case anyone was wondering, Robert uh, ejaculated his exquisite relief, pulsing in satiny long jets. <laughs> this is like jets. And like the satin, I don't know, the satiny. I just, how do you know that? Long, like, like I just, it's a lot. Yeah. But, you know, if yeah. that's something that you're into, that was probably a great description of that. So, Indeed. you know, whatever. Indeed. So then the the little wrap up here is the next morning and it's Christmas and they both got what they asked Santa for. And, you know, yeah. it's it's um it's very cute. Uh, and then I didn't like this, but maybe you did. I don't know. Robert admits to Noel that there was never any cat burglaries yeah. in New York City. And he doesn't even work for the FBI anymore. He quit. <laughs> and this whole thing was you know a raise. He just came out. I he did wanted like to it. Be it sounded like something no, he would I like. I, I did. You know why? Because the tables were turned at that point. Robert spent so many goddamn years getting hoodwinked and led around and, you know, oh, I didn't made think of it that way. Work yeah. And all the bullshit. So, like, why not let Noel stew in it for 24 hours? Like, why not make him a little nervous, that asshole? It, it was fair. I was fine with it. He did say, I'm not going to pretend I didn't want to see you sweat a little. Actually, I wanted to see you sweat a lot. <laughs> yeah, double entendre, innuendo. <laughs> innuendo. Um, okay, let's see. So, yeah, he said, and then he says that, you know, they're going to spend Christmas together, and he's Robert's going to save Noel some money on his long distance New Year's Eve phone charges. So, no, he says, Angel, yeah. I'm going to spend, I'm going to save you a fortune on long distance charges. Yeah, so he's going to stay. They're together forever. <laughs> they get married. Because in 2016, that became legal and it's the sweetest. Yeah, this book did take place in 2010, so they had to wait a little bit, but eventually. They did, but you know what? A long engagement is really the best way to go about it. Yeah. I think so. A long engagement with. Many jets of satiny relief. <laughs> Exquisite. Exquisite long satiny jets. <laughs> Man, oh I picked, when I saw this book, like I did like that little snippet, but when I saw that somebody named Noel Snow was going to have a Christmas yeah. book with a, with a FBI agent named Robert Cuff, I was like and it was only going to be 60 pages and it was going to be about diamond thieves. I was like, I was really ready to have like a really fun, fast paced. Yeah. Like, a, like capers, but like also like I expected it to be really stupid and, um, mm-hmm. and funny and campy so we could make fun of it in that way. And it was not, it was adorable and sweet. Yeah. 
I really liked it. I did too. Yeah. So if you want, and you just... know what? I really think that we should do one of Josh Lanyon's long form books. Sure. I would. I would completely be down yeah. for that. Yeah. I. Yeah. I don't know. I do wonder about like representation, though. She because so in her Q and A, if you go to her website, she talks a lot about uh, representation and um, like kind of cultural appropriation sort of stuff and from what like whatever you want to say like she's at least very self-aware of that that's good and there are questions of like you know why do you exclusively write about gay men and she's like why why do men write about men why do men write about straight men why do women write about men why do men write about women she's like it's just what i like to write about you know you like it you like it if you don't you don't you know so I don't know I kind of feel like you can cut this this is just me talking to you but I I feel Mm. like by changing her name to a male author to get acceptance she didn't necessarily say I am a gay male author she just said I'm a male you know she's not pretending to be a gay man she's just got a pen name Uh, you know well, no, and there, I mean, pen names are used for a ton of reasons, mm-hmm. and I think that it is very telling that she was rejected at first as a woman, but then when the work was just looked at mm-hmm. as the work, mm-hmm. it was accepted and, you know, celebrated because it it was good enough to be, it was, it was good enough and it was, I don't know, I don't fair is not the right word but it was thoughtful mm-hmm. enough to be believed that it could be from a gay male perspective sure. so you know as long as you're doing justice to the community you're representing mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it but it, it is really funny that the very first gay yeah. romance we cover is written by a fucking woman like oh no 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 convincing that it was a male yeah author. and well, it was convincing to us, to women. I don't, I don't know. Right. But there's also that. Um, you know, the, the question is also asked in the Q&A, like, you know, okay, maybe that was true in 1996, but now it's 2017. You know, why not change your name? And she kind of gives this explanation of, like, you know, now she's got this brand and she's got a whole series of published novels out there and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't get squeaked out by it being a woman. But anyway. No. It was shocking, though. All right, so do you have a self-love recommendation this weekend? I do, and it goes with my weekend girls trip. Mm, so I'm so jealous and happy for you. I know, but we do this a lot, and this is not a thing that I ever did before I moved to Alaska as far as just, like, having mm. girls' weekends and girls' overnights. And it seems to be something that people do a lot here. Like, I have a friend who's a lifelong Alaskan who a couple times a year throws just a sleepover, like an adult women's sleepover, with, like, pillows and sleeping bags in her basement. And, you know, people have kids, people have husbands, people have boyfriends and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they're just like, hey, this Friday I've got a sleepover (laughs) over at so-and-so's house. And they just go and we eat popcorn and we do each other's nails and we do the whole thing. And, like, there's no reason why you can't have an adult sleepover. That sounded sexy. I love it. But I didn't mean it that way. No, I I love a grown-up lady sleepover. I did that before I had kids. Mm -hmm. I would, like, go over to a friend's house and we would do face masks and drink way too much wine Mm -hmm. and have a great time. But um, I haven't since Ember, and I feel like it's missing in my life. You should. 
I mean, probably, yeah. like, the the girl that throws it doesn't have any kids, so, like, it's kind of nice to be yeah. at a place where there's not a kid, but, you know, some of the girls that went do. There's no reason you can't do that if you have a partner that's, you know, good. Totally. <laughs> good one. Totally. So, anyway, that's that's something that, like, I would like to put out there because I never did anything like that before I moved up here, and it's so great. It's so great to have just, like, a night of snacks and board games with your well, friends. Well, it's, like fortifying yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay so my self-love recommendation um is based on the party that i went to last night mm-hmm. um because really i think i am warmed by the christmas spirit <laughs> and um <laughs> you were the and tidings, person i know i i know I like tidings of comfort and motherfucking joy um do something for someone else because there's not I don't think I've ever experienced anything that makes me feel as good as like going and packing boxes for Thanksgiving you know to give out to to families who wouldn't have a Thanksgiving dinner otherwise Mm -hmm. and like thinking about thinking about the kids in Harlem the 600 kids in Harlem that the Salvation Army needs to have toys for on Christmas I'm gonna cry right now you are crying. Um, and they, you know, they, they do really good work and there are, it's not just the Salvation Army. There are other charities that, that do that. And it's, I don't know, it's just so important and it, it feels so much better than going to the mall and picking up a bamboo plant for the aunt you barely talk to. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's and whether you're DIYing your your Christmas presents this year or you know you've been you've been hand crocheting them since July there's something about doing just a little something it doesn't have to cost anything it can just be 2 hours of your time that's going to make somebody else's holiday so <clears throat> um that's my that's my self-love recommendation oh and also um, my sister's coming out for Christmas and I'm pretty stoked about the, so sorry, everyone, we're pre-recording this, um, and New Year's hasn't happened for us yet. Neither is Christmas. Neither is Christmas. Um, but I have planned on getting my sister and I some matching grown-up lady fleece onesies. Can't get behind To it. watch all of our terrible Hallmark movies in. <laughs> And, uh, but you're only going to wear them indoors. Obviously on my couch. Okay. This whole trend of I'm going to wear an adult onesie for Halloween, or I'm going to wear an adult onesie to a Christmas party is stupid for Halloween. You need to make a costume, a costume, not an, is that a trend? Maybe it's Alaskan. I don't know, but people go buy the like giraffe onesie at target or the, and they say they're a giraffe. Yeah, and they're like, I'm a giraffe. I'm like, you're not a fucking giraffe. You zipped into a costume that or a onesie. That's not a costume. The end. Yeah, I've never seen that trend. So these are never going to be worn outside the house. No, no. It's the comfort of my own home wearing the down boots you got me. Okay. And you're going to put yeah, the boots okay, over did... the onesie. <laughs> Obviously. I don't know if it's going to be a footed onesie. So, oh, you know, okay. I might need the All boots. Right, okay. okay, I did once see a woman at an airport in a fleece onesie mm-hmm. and I definitely took stalker photos of her yeah. to send to all my friends I mean, because I was like what's happening this is the thing in the world now 
Yeah. No, my house, drinking tea and watching terrible Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to happen. So, yeah, those are, I guess, my two self-love recommendations this year, this time. All the things. Okay. Um, Yeah. All right. So you can find us at Heaving Bosoms on Instagram, on Mm -hmm. Facebook, Heaving Bosoms. And at Heaving Bosoms Podcast. podcast. And Heaving Bosoms Podcast at gmail.com. Send us emails. Um, tell us about the romance novels you like. Recommend things to us. Yeah, we love hearing from you. We really like hearing you. from you. Um, if there's something we're doing that you hate, we like hearing that as well. Um, let's see. Mm-hmm. And oh, oh, and we just got a Twitter, but we haven't tweeted anything yet. Maybe by the time you hear this, we will have tweeted. It's Heaving underscore Bosoms because Heaving Bosoms was taken and Heaving Bosoms podcast was too long. So sorry, guys. And yeah, that's it, right? That's it. All right. Okay, so have a merry new year, everyone. Be safe and have a great day. Wait, keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love satiny jets <laughs> of exquisite relief. <laughs> All right. Okay, bye, Mel. Bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.